Welcome everyone for another hot and heavy episode of Cup of Nurses here. I got the cup of news for you coming out. Another interesting episode today. We're going to talk about what the vaccine actually is. It's looking like it's more of a gene therapy mechanism more than a standard vaccine that you know we would consider taking. And we're also going to talk about the stimulus checks coming at you guys and what is actually in this entire stimulus budget that the president has signed over. Yeah, we should have covered the first one too in depth because there's a lot of random stuff that was put on there without our knowledge. Yeah, I couldn't really find that random stuff that that's in depth. Like I did a breakdown. If you guys look at our show notes, there's I literally copied and pasted the whole the whole section, the whole table of like what qualifies you to get a stimulus check. So if you guys want to check that out, just out of curiosity, you go ahead and check that out on our show notes. But yeah, so it's $1.9 trillion that President Biden has signed. And that's like our stimulus for us, basically. And as you all know, that $1.9 trillion sounds like a lot of money, but not all of that is actually going to, to us citizens, us, us taxpayers. Only like a portion of that goes to us because there's also financial obligations that the president and everybody in Congress has to abide by and also budget towards in this 1.9 trillion payout so if you guys make less than i think 80k you guys should receive a 1.4k stimulus check hopefully sometime in the next month or so ideally right and then they're going to go off your 2020 taxes so if yeah. you file your 2020 taxes they're gonna base it off that income now your 2019 but if you haven't filed your 2020 yet then they're gonna go off your 2019 but then again, the thing is, a lot of people were a lot of questions regarding this stimulus check. Was what if I had kids in twenty twenty one? Am I gonna, um, you know, be able to get compensated for those kids? The answer is at this point, no. So if you had a baby in twenty twenty one, the government doesn't officially know about that kid because it hasn't been reported. And so so as of paid. right now, yeah. So as of right now, they're not gonna be kind of towards your your stimulus. But they might change that in the future because you know it is expensive having a kid. So that's where we stand for right now. And if you are a travel nurse, by the way, you more than likely would get the full stimulus check because the way we get taxed is a little bit differently and um, we're in a different tax bracket because our gross income is completely different from what actually we get as a whole mm. because we have you know food to pay for when we're out traveling and rent and things like that so unless you've been checking those crisis contract checks you might be already above the 80k great because, point yeah because like a nurse informed me at work that she knows of a nurse that made around 400k in one year doing like crisis contracts. Of course, he worked a lot of hours, majority of the week he spent working, but 400K is a, is a nice chunk of change. So he's probably not gonna get the stimulus. You know, that, guy, that guy's not. But well, I mean, if you have 400K, who cares about yeah. $1,400, you right. know what I'm saying? He's about, to, he's about to help out and pay some into a stimulus package, you know? Yeah, so like I said, if you're wondering what the qualification are, it's on our show, check it out, couplenurses.com, and then we might pop it into our YouTube channel as well. Um, I guess before we go any further, we forgot to thank all our viewers, right? How we usually do, but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Whoever's tuning in now, thank you for all your likes, your subs on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Thank you for your rating. Appreciate your time. And don't forget, we got that Patreon out and officially rolling. Don't forget to hop on that. It's going to be uh, that loud for Patreon. Patreon.com slash that loud. And we stay juicy there, boys yeah. and girls. It gets interesting. It gets heated. We got some cool astronauts too, that we wear during it. So if you guys want to come check that out and spend time with us, that's cool. We're also on Twitch, a couple of nurses. We usually shoot live. Not to mention, like, the next question we have to answer, because we do monthly AMAs on mm. Patreon, like, we have to answer what is our ideal virtual reality space that we want to create for the future. I think mm. it's a pretty cool damn question. Mm. So 
If you're curious on what do you think Cup of Nurses ideal virtual space is, you have to go on Patreon to check that out. Yeah. Also, but you started the show and you made this bold ass statement that the vaccine actually might be just gene therapy. Hmm. And that's really bold to say because super controversial. We took a lot of damn heat when we made that episode. I you know, that means one. we're probably not going to be on Spotify. So if you guys are looking for episode 40, a couple of news that's on Spotify, <laughs> probably go on YouTube or our podcast because you probably got pulled again. So yeah, we get FYI. our stuff deleted. It's so annoying. And the reason like being is like you made that statement and I kind of thought about that statement before. I had that feeling, right? We 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 kind of felt that way too. It's, it doesn't seem like the vaccine, but we didn't have any news any information to back that up and we're, we're going to go into the sc filings from uh, pfizer to look into it and we're just like unsure because it was it'd be labeled as a conspiracy theory yeah. now with a be beyond a reasonable doubt the information that we're going to present to you on today's podcast we can safely say it's considered gene therapy is it called medication or a product they're labeling it i mean uh, it's, i mean just gene therapy like um they're you basically lied to i guess you could say because it's not it's not Definitive of, of what a vaccine does. I'm sure you guys know. Because, um, I mean, we'll hop into it in a little yeah, bit. Let, let, go let's go into the this. stimulus check before yeah, we get excited. If we go into the stimulus stuff, we'll hop more into it. But, but yeah, so for now, the stimulus, like I said, $1.9 trillion has been devoted to, to us to help the economy. And $1.4,000, so $1,400, is going to go to citizens under making, making under <clears throat> 80K. So there's roughly about... I estimated 150 million people that are going to get this $1,400, and that basically equates to $210 billion. So $210 billion of the $1.9 trillion is, is going to go American to people. the stimulus checks. You know, so where the hell did they get this $1.9 trillion number from? You know, so I dove a little bit into it. I couldn't get all the breakdowns of it because it doesn't say. So only stuff that I found online only equated to about a trillion dollars. So there's still like 0.9 trillion that we don't really know what it's going to or, you, or it's really hard to find it because like, i couldn't find it do you know and how many I use, pages it is and i use google and i use DuckDuckGo. i didn't read it directly from it because i don't know i when i go on google to to look for what's actually in this it took me a, a quite a bit of time to actually find an article that lists things for transparency yeah. huh? and same with even DuckDuckGo was pretty hard to find but some other things you know that we're going to get paid out by this 1.9 trillion dollar bill is 150, or sorry, 350 billion will go to state and local governments, 132 schools, K through 12, 40 billion for college and universities, 28.6 billion to businesses, that includes like restaurants, small businesses, things like that, 7.25 billion for the paycheck program, 50 billion to expand COVID testing, 15 billion for COVID distribution, 1 billion to boost vaccine confidence, which is a little bit strange. So they're actually taking one billion dollars, and that's basically giving to the like marketing budget right. to promote vaccines. So you're gonna see more commercials, you're gonna see more billboards, more information about like pro vaccine, about get the COVID nineteen vaccine. Yeah, because they've realized that people are skeptical, and yeah. we sure should be, and we'll explain why. But this is just this is marketing. Yeah, right. ten billion for medical supplies and devices. There's an increased tag breaks for families and children that's in this budget. Thirty billion for low income households for rent. 10 billion for how homeowners struggling with mortgages, and then there's also student loan forgiveness. And if you add all those numbers together, that accounts for about 1 trillion. So it's like a $900 billion missing yeah, right. some of what's, where is it going? And then also we forgot to mention that in the bill, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation actually got $3.5 billion from that bill. So 
you know, we're getting $1.4,000 and you're here in a building the Gates Foundation are getting $3.5 billion. Yeah. One of the richest farmers in America yeah. still needs freaking money from the government, right. from us. So that one foundation is getting $3.5 billion while the U.S. citizens are getting $210 billion total. Yeah, you know, also blows my mind, which is beautiful here too, that they're extending unemployment till September 6th. So that's great. Almost a whole year. Uh, yeah, almost a whole year. Hopefully, I didn't read it into full detail. Hopefully, they stopped and they, they're freezing the rents and stuff like that for so people don't get evicted. I'm sure they have done that too because it, it was supposed to be, um, it's supposed to expire end of March, right? I didn't see anything about freezing rents, but I did read about them giving money to people that can't pay for it. Okay, so I good. guess that's going to be the same thing. Yeah, and, and it's wild because last year, 57 million people flied, filed for unemployment, Damn. which accounts for $17 billion. Mm -hmm. So, like, let me do a quick number here. I did the math. 17% um, of the American population filed for unemployment in 2020, man. That's wild. That's wild. That, that's well, such is a it hit. true unemployment or because now the, the unemployment's a little bit different now? Because if you're not getting paid by your job, you could also file for unemployment, can't you? Yeah. Even though you still have that, that, that job, you know, so technically you're not really unemployed. And I mean, or, yeah, yeah. And, and there's people that are hustling the system where, you know, they're not, they're getting paid cash because you could do construction cash. You could uh, do like a house cleaning service, whatever cash or do whatever. Mm -hmm. You could be a nanny for cash and you could still get unemployment. So yeah. you could have that double income and take yeah. advantage but of that's it. That's okay. You know, people out there are hustling. Like, there's always going to be like those kind of loopholes. Hell like, yeah. Ride, ride the system, guys, yeah. because we're paying tax dollars, you know, like, and it's I'm going not, to I'm stupid shit. I'm not worried shit. about Susie that gets paid like 500 bucks a week from cleaning, filing for unemployment because she's getting paid cash. I'm not worried yeah. about that. that. That's fine, dude. She's barely making a living. What I'm worried about is like some company getting 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 tech breaks because they found a loophole Hell yeah. of some sort. That's that's what a bigger issue is. Like, you know, if they're getting $200, $300 extra a week because, you know, they're filing for unemployment while working, that's fine, dude. Like, I'm not filing for un unemployment. I know my tax dollars go to unemployment, which is okay. I'm, I'm completely okay with my yeah. tax money going to unemployment, to schools, things like that. But then if my tax money is going to tag breaks for these corporations because they mismanage money or they, you know, they took a big risk and now, you know, they're, they're in, in like a, poor position or like a deep hole that's their fault right that's like the one thing that kind of annoys me about corporations is is they take on this large amount of risk and they know they're taking on this large amount of risk but the risk actually isn't there because the company goes under they get bailed out yep. you know so the risk isn't as high as it's, it's reported it seems like that on paper like oh shit it's risk investment yeah it can make a shit ton of money it's very risky but the risk isn't 100 there because like i said if they take on a big loss they're going to get backed out right like Compared to me, if I buy a, buy a whole home, I go bankrupt. There's not much for me to do, right? Yep. Because I'm not providing any kind of you know consumerism. I don't have a product. I don't have, I don't have a business. I'm not providing anything for for somebody, right? You, you know, these financial institutions that do the same thing. They play risky. You know, they get caught up like the whole GME thing that happened before. Like, look, look what kind of shit show that was. Yep. You don't think companies are getting bailed out on a daily basis or getting like these little kickbacks? Of, of course, course they, are. they are. And you know, what bothers me that. It's crazy how 500,000 people died. Very unfortunate. And who knows how many people actually died from COVID because of the inflated numbers. Um, we've lost a lot of people, lost their jobs, unemployment. Money had to be put into the system. Like now 1.9 trillion, right? Um, it's very sad. Mental health, right? But what's crazy is not a single government in the world has used the COVID crisis as an opportunity to educate their population on how to live healthy. Mm. That's freaking missed. Yeah. Do you know how cost effective that is to educate our public on how to eat healthy, get some sunlight therapy, which 
Peter and I talk about all the damn time. I'm sure you guys are annoyed hearing about it, but it's free and it's so easy to do to arm your citizens with the proper tools. It's going to cost so much money, so much less money. I'm starting the long run, yet the government is not doing that. Why is the question? Is there no benefit in that? One year of COVID led to 500,000 thousand deaths right yeah 526 i believe these accounts for what like 700k deaths roughly a year 600k roughly a year yeah i i uh, I talked about it that cancer heart disease diabetes Mm. and fatty liver disease i think all together last year killed 1.4 billion or i'm sorry 1.4 million people and i think carvascular alone kills like 600 yes more than covid it's it's every year can you see on and on and not to mention all the medical treatment these people receive prior to them dying, right? All the hospitalization costs, right? All the costs for surgeries before they die, right? Because yeah, yes. five, let's say, let's say 600,000 people died of cardiovascular disease in 2020, right? Yeah. For example, we'll, we'll put that, that number. And that's a giant cost. And that's a giant amount of lives that, 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 that died. But look how much time they spend in the hospitals. Look how much medication they, they've taken. Compared to COVID, where it's, COVID's not chronic, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you get COVID in 2018 and you die in 2020 from COVID. No, COVID is is, is acute. It's an acute response, right? And then you're, you're kind of stuck in hospital for a, for a month, struggling on a ventilator, and then you end up passing out dying, but you're not in and out of hospital for a year. Yes. You're not getting diagnosed on hypertension in, in fucking 2010, and then you get an MI in 2012 that you get a stent. And in 2014, you got two stents. 2015, you got to go for an angio. 2017, you had to stay in hospital for a week because you yes. had an NSTEMI. Peter, you know what you know? you're mentioning? Everything that's primary medicine. Exactly, Where is the prevention exactly. of? That's what I'm saying. It's all, it's all, exactly. Yeah, so why are we so hyper focused on, yeah, it's, it's disease is new and it's scary because it did kill 500 people right away. But why are we not putting focus. Demo, as much focus as we did on this COVID 19 as we, why can't we put this amount of focus on cardiovascular on diabetes? Why can't we put this, this amount of focus on, on one disease at, at a time? We're not focused on. Pre- prevention right. medicine this is the problem that we're, we're, we're trying to make this whole time right. it's just treating i don't even know how to put it into a word but we're just treating causation of right. what's like, happening like how quickly we're able to, to create the vaccine for covid 19 why the fuck can't we commit that much time that much, research, that much effort to create an actual working plan to combat cardiovascular disease that we know yeah it kills five thousand people a year but it also doesn't doesn't happen in one year. This is a chronic disease where people suffer 10, 20, 30 years yeah. of it, right? Not just fucking one month of acute care and then they die. You know, they suffer from this years and years and years and years. It's progressive. Yeah. And it's ridiculous because there's so much money being pumped into it by treating side effects, by treating symptoms, by doing surgeries instead of treating the underlying cause. Imagine if somebody created a mRNA vaccine that that takes your predisposition to hypertension or your predisposition to diabetes and gets rid of it yeah why the fuck can't we start thinking about something that'd, like that'd that? be great and then yeah. and that's the problem in america that we don't focus at all once again on preventative medicine i mean but then you're gonna have those people as well on the side that hey i'm not gonna give i'm not gonna get this anti-diabetes vaccine because i'll already just take on you know the natural selection process you of know, course that's that agreement too but i'm saying you know and that's gonna be if that happens if it's, if it's gonna be a vaccine to prevent type 2 diabetes i probably won't take it yeah to be honest i probably won't take it. i would probably just let the you, you know do, you do i'm not gonna say roll the dice but i know enough to try and take care of my body but people that maybe in their family have a high chance of type 2 diabetes like their aunt has it their mom has it their cousin has it, has it then then i would probably consider it if everybody around me i i know majority of them have diabetes then i would probably think about getting you know 
the diabetes vaccine if it ever comes out. You know, same with like COVID-19. Like if you're scared of COVID-19, you're really fearful and like you're, you're really scared that, hey, you might be susceptible to dying from COVID-19. They're like, yeah, go ahead, take the vaccine. I don't think I'm very susceptible to dying from COVID-19, so I'm not going to take it. Yeah, we're not, we're not anti-anything. We're not even anti-government. We're honestly just trying to help people realize to take power back into themselves. Yeah. That's what's lost here. And like we, 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 we are completely living irrationally in fear. And then we don't know what's right from wrong. Our government passes $600, 600-page documents, I should say, without us understanding. We're learned, we're taught to have a fifth-grade educational reading level, and this is what I was saying. What what regular person that has to work 40 hours, has a kid, their kid has soccer practice, has time to read a 600-page document to be able to understand what's happening in our society, what government, what laws are being passed? Maybe if you took that 600-page document, like I said, make a freaking 12-page paper out of it, double-spaced, 12, 12 font, uh, Times New Roman, and read it off to me on the news, and let me, don't give me an opinionated piece, give me facts, and then let me form my opinion, that'd be great. But we're not doing that. We're just telling you guys how to think. This is the document. No one knows shit about it. There's no transparency, and it's just, it's, it's living hell that we're going through right now. Yeah. Like it's a struggle for us to find a lot of the information that, that we yeah. read. So I can imagine how hard it is for a typical consumer to find it because they haven't been researching this, the stuff that me and Matt have and they don't research in depth. Like typical, if you ask somebody a question and they know the answer, what are they usually gonna go to Google? And if they don't find it in our first like three or four topics or three or four um, whatever it feeds them on our, on our feed in the first page yes, yes. the three or four bullet points that it, that it talks about they're not going to look for any further or whatever those happen to be they're going to click on that's what they're going to believe in right they don't understand that hey if i want to really see let's just let's just say if i want to find out if calorie depletion leads to fat loss right and if and if i had the first three articles on google say that calorie depletion does not lead to fat loss Majority of the public are going to going to say, "Hey, calorie loss is not calorie depletion does not lead to fat loss, right?" But if you go on Google Scholar and you look through a few articles, that takes a lot more time. And you look up, "Hey, does calorie depletion cause fat loss?" A lot of these scientific articles are going to say calorie depletion is going to equal fat loss. But just because you don't see that in the first page of Google, people aren't going to believe it or yeah. see it, right? Because it takes a lot of effort. So if you make, if you post the truth but make it hard to find, no one's going to find it. Right, because there is another saying where the truth spreads fast, but like the the lies spread faster, or something like that. Yes. Right. So it's a lot easier to fool somebody because you could, because only one fact, you know, the sky is blue. One fact, right? That's it. Sky is blue. But look at bunch of bullshit you could say. Sky is red. Sky is green. Sky is yellow. Sky is pink. Right. But there's only one fact. One sentence is true. Sky is blue. But there's a million sentences that you can make that are all false. Yeah. And try digging for that one sentence that's true. Right. And ima now imagine if you can't directly see the sky, if you're always looking through a window. Yeah. And it's then it's harder to fucking find it. And then also like, you know, I wasn't born in like the 70s and 80s to have an opinion about it. But just like being a rationally thinking about it back in the day, you know, you didn't have all the social media, all these apps that you're constantly stimulated and being your focus being diverted from too. You only had like a couple news stations. You had Good Morning America, some random shit. Everybody had these like like-minded thoughts, opinions, right? And they were able to kind of like talk about them and then maybe discuss what's happening, right? And they, they was like, okay, hey, maybe America is doing the wrong thing or bad thing. Hey, this is this is the word that's happening now. It's all over the place. We're all polarized. 
we're just like on different spectrums. We can't communicate. It's like, I don't know how we're going to get out of this sometimes, man. And I, and I love being an optimist. I just think like to just to like wrap up this point here, like we just need to take power to ourselves because we, we can't, we have to remember that the government is representing we, the people. I feel like we, the people kind of lost that because we got fed so much entertainment and all this crap, right? We're high as hell on dopamine and we've lost touch with what our government is doing because technically they're working for the people and but they're not anymore it's almost for these large corps and they're just running loose and technically it's not their fault it's our fault we the people that's our problem we need to take that power back and then be like hey we're not going to put up with this it's crazy truth has become like a responsibility and with responsibility it takes a lot of action it takes a lot of work to upkeep and that's why it's so hard to get an honest answer from politicians. It's an honest answer from, from anywhere. And it's, it's scary how, it, how it's come. And social media just, just kind of either... I mean, social media is kind of interesting because it, it could help yeah. lead you to the truth, but it could also spread a ton of misinformation. We're going to talk so, about it in history yeah. forever, dude. There's mm-hmm. books written about it. It's crazy because if you, if you make your own choices, like you're, you're responsible for your own choices. So if you follow what you see on the TV, what you see on the news, what you things that you buy thing that you follow because you think it's cool that that's your responsibility you're not going to be able to you know you're going to follow these people and you're going to make a mistake and you're going to have nobody but to blame but yourself because no one else no one's going to listen to you you know because the news said this so i followed them and now i'm kind of in in this hole yeah and that, that, that's how it is and then you're gonna have anybody to blame but yourself because you just look for blind faith because you don't want to look it up in more in more detail and more in depth when you when you had it's like all it's like all those commercials with the freaking lawyers about lawsuits for this drug that drug this implant asbestos it's like if it seems too simple it's probably too fucking simple (laughs) yeah you know dyor do your own research so let's jump into this vaccine talk that we're talking about so we're not making a claim so we're stating a fact that based on what we come up with here and we're going to present the facts to you is that the vaccine from Pfizer, Moderna are not necessarily vaccines. They're put into this uh, bucket of information for protection of liability to give people this um, gene therapy, right? Yeah. Just because it's an injection that you get and because every vaccine that you've gotten prior to the vaccine has been an, an injectable vaccine does not mean that this injection you're getting is going to be a vaccine. Just yeah. because it's, people think, oh, you're getting a shot, so it's a vaccine. No, just because you're getting a shot doesn't mean it's a vaccine. There's labeling as a vaccine because that's what you've been used to seeing it as when you, when you present it, yes, right? Yes, and we're labeling it that yeah, way. Yeah. And, and that's what's scary that we're also, our tax dollars are going for $1 billion to advertise the confidence of vaccines. Okay, sure. I don't think vaccines are bad, but if you're advertising this one specifically and it's not a vaccine and it directly states that in the SEC filing, which is... Uh, just to get an idea of what SCE stands for, it stands for these are regulatory documents that companies have to file to show investors transparency and regulators on what's going on in your company. If Pfizer is saying that it's not a vaccine, it is gene therapy, and you're still telling me it's a vaccine and you're censoring information against that on Facebook and the world, that's freaking weird because that's wrong because you're misinforming me. Right. That's a and problem. It, and it's crazy because the $1 billion isn't devoted to a vaccine research or COVID-19 research. It's just devoted to $1 million for Boosting promotion. Boosting confidence. Boosting confidence. Like, why can't 
dude, why can't it be for research? Like, why does it have to be boosting confidence? If we're if we if we can't for sure tell you that hey, this COVID nineteen vaccine is going to prevent you from getting COVID nineteen. Yeah. No one's saying that. It's, they're saying it's a ninety something percent success rate. Pete, you don't think there was so why a lot? Can, why can't it be one billion dollars for vaccine research or COVID nineteen research? Why does it have to be? Bo- if someone's already boosting confidence. That already shows you, hey, they already gotta give money to some kind of a budging team to promote their product. To, ch- to change, promotion. yeah, to change our views. Yeah. That's like us putting a billion dollars into Facebook ads so we can promote a couple of nurses. Yeah, it's, is it's, it good, is it bad? It doesn't matter, we just wanna promote it. Right. You know, it's not $1 billion that we're giving to a couple of nurses so they can expand their podcast and grow and maybe hire a team and you know, figure out what the, what the public wants and to kind of do yeah. these little sh- live shows maybe. No, it's just to boost confidence. Right, so we're, gonna, so we're gonna promote money just to make sure that you think that we speak the truth and not nothing yeah. against it. Right. That's that's creepy, man. Mm-hmm. And you don't think there was lobbying involved in that to push to oh, push sure. that in there a little bit? And you think it's one billion just going, what do you think one billion is gonna go to? It's going to go to companies for promotion, right? So it's probably gonna go back to Moderna, probably gonna go back to all these vaccine manufacturers because they're gonna be the ones promoting it too, right? Because they own the rights to the vaccine. Yeah. Agreed, man. And we're going to jump into, so what is the definition of a vaccine? So a vaccine is a substance that is used to produce antibodies or provide immunity against one or several diseases, right? And and this vaccine is prepared from the causative agent or disease. Mm. And then gene therapy, on the other hand, is the application of genetic engineering to the transplantation of genes into human cells in order to cure a disease caused by a genetic defect as a missing enzyme. So compare, let's just compare that to the flu vaccine because it's very prevalent. So the flu vaccine takes a strain of the actual mutation of the flu, right? And injects it into our body. So we naturally develop an immune system. Why? Because we took a part of that virus into our body. Technically with the COVID ones, we're not injecting any part of COVID. There's nothing there's no uh, natural part of that uh, virus that's going to be injected. So you could create a playbook and you could arm an Im- immune yeah. response. We're, yeah, we're not injecting a spike protein into, into ourselves so we can recognize it. It's nothing like that. Yes, that, and that's why it's not called a vaccine. And people have to realize right. that for what it is. And people, uh, yeah, and they're labeling this vaccine because we see what the standard vaccines are, which is just an injection. And they're calling this a vaccine because it's an injection. But really, this RNA therapy, we're not saying it's bad. We're not saying this, this idea of this this type of therapy is bad using RNA. We're not saying that at all. We're saying that why do they have to call it a vaccine when it's actually a a gene altering device, right? Why can't they say, hey, we have a different vaccine. This is, we're gonna consider this a vaccine, but this is a gene editing vaccine. Why can't they say gene editing vaccine or gene therapy vaccine? Because people would be scared. People would be scared. Because there's no live virus or no part of virus. We're we're just just inserting an RNA chain. So basically a blueprint of, of, of why and how to attack the spike protein. That's all it is. Yeah. So we're already telling the body how to uh, how to recognize and attack this R this this spike protein that's on the the virus. Yeah. So so basically, what happens is that gene therapy, whatever you're getting injected, is identical to the mRNA strand that codes the the coronavirus spike protein, right? So this RNA and the the spike protein sits on the outer form of the virus. Think about think about it like a key. That virus needs that key to enter inside of our cell. Once it's in there, it's able to multiply. So this RNA does the same thing. It's actually covered by a nanoscale 
fat globule and the, it does that so it's actually able to be delivered to the cell because then your body would freak out and destroy it before it replicates. Mm. It goes inside the cell. And if I'm wrong on something, Pete, please correct me just so we're spitting facts here. And what, what's able, once it goes in there, it's able to uh, get absorbed and replicates itself. And then it creates these new proteins, right? These proteins, aka, create this spike. And then this spike is what our body recognizes yeah. as, hey, this is COVID. If you see it, kill it. So my understanding, every virus has a spike protein. And because of that spike protein, that's how it enters our cells. So whoever thought of this idea is a genius, basically, because every virus needs this spike protein. Yes. So what, whoever created this mRNA technology or whoever created this idea, he basically made it that no matter what this virus does, how it mutates, no matter what happens to it, it's going to need a spike protein because that's the key to get into our cells. So he created this RNA system that allows us body allows our body by taking in this RNA to recognize the spike protein and basically destroy it. And this spike protein is needed for every COVID-19 virus. That's how it enters our body. Yes. So that's never going to change because that spike protein mutates and that can be able to enter our body. So that's how it works. So we're not identifying the virus itself. We're just, we're just identifying one part of the virus. And that's the spike protein. Because that's what that's that protein that's needed to enter our bodies. And so this is going to be... So in a, like a theological, theoretical level, this is going to, supposedly supposed to be a super accurate fucking mechanism of action because yes. if every virus needs to enter our body, then this means we could identify every COVID-19 yeah. virus. So, so the question now is, now you know the difference and now you know that, hey, this is actually should be called gene therapy. So now, now the question is, is how come they labeled it this yeah. way, right? Because we have no issue with gene therapy. Gene therapy is a great thing. Yeah. CRISPR-Cas9 is amazing. This RNA technology is, is so wonderful. But the, the point we're trying to make is that why did they lie to us and say Trans this is yeah. a vaccine? So why are they, because they're, they're lying about something so small, then what do you think their, their plan for the future is? If they're lying about something this small, imagine what they could lie about in the future. Imagine how they could fool you in the future. And then you need a billion dollars to boost confidence yeah. on this. Yeah. And that's my thing, like, we're not saying that this is nor good nor bad. It is new, right? We're testing it. My problem is, is for one, I don't like that it wasn't tested on animals before because that's how shit is normally tested. Vaccines normally take years to produce. This was under a year. So as a rational human that maybe thinks logically a little bit, I am just a little bit skeptical to try it on myself because yeah. this is a giant human experiment on a fucking global scale and if nobody sees it for what it is you're just too stupid to realize it I'm, I'm so sorry for being offensive maybe you're sensitive to these words maybe turn off this maybe that's why <laughs> broadcast they had to, but yeah maybe because everyone's so sensitive they had to kind of lie sugarcoat it you know like no because we're pretty straightforward seeking I, I like i'd rather have somebody you know tell me straight up and, and you know i might get upset for a little bit but i'll get over it you know i'd rather have them like i said before I would be more pro to take the vaccine if they told me straight up, hey, this is a gene therapy vaccine. We're not sure how it's going to work. It's new technology. But whoever's willing to take it, it has been shown to provide benefit against COVID-19. If you want to take it, take it. Yeah. If they would have said that, yeah, that would be like, hey, maybe I'll make myself the, the experiment group. Just because being honest, maybe I'll put my life at risk just for the ben greater benefit of everybody else. Maybe. Yeah. So but if you're telling me, hey, this is a vaccine and you're, you're forcing me to take it now and you're kind of pushing your will on, on me without me knowing the full facts, then I'm completely against it. Because yeah. then if you're lying to me already, then I can't really make an honest decision for myself, can I? Yeah. I can't make an honest decision with myself because you're not giving me all the facts. 
Yeah. And God forbid, Pete, they they take this where if you don't take it and there's like the whole passport thing and COVID thing where I'm I'm gonna be restricted on the liberties and what I can do as a human in society if I don't take this. Yeah. That's gonna be completely ethically wrong. Um when it comes to maybe thinking of why they did that, so if I'm gonna put myself in a business perspective, um, there is an act from 1984. If people are curious to look it up, look up H.R. 5546, the 99th Congress. It, it was a bill that was passed in 1985. It's called the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. And what it does, it provides, it's a compensation program. So let me read this off directly. It's a no-fault alternative to the traditional tort system. It provides compensation. Oh, I'm reading the wrong one here. Oh, got me here. I'm reading... Fake news over here. Fake news. Matt, fake news trick, trying to push false propaganda on our (laughs) poor viewers over here. Oh, where are we at? So, 1984, basically this, um, this law got passed, and it basically gives no... It gives full immunity to all these vaccine companies. And you cannot go to court in civil law and sue the government nor the vaccine producer if there's any kind of harm injury done to this. Mm -hmm. So because they have this umbrella protection from the word vaccines, it's better for them to not call it gene therapy. It's better for them to call it a vaccine because this grants them full immunity. You just literally Google law that makes vaccine companies immune. And first thing that pops up, CNBC, under the PrEP Act, companies like Pfizer and Moderna have total immunity from liability if something unintentionally goes wrong with their vaccines. A little-known government program provides benefits to people who can prove they suffered serious injury from a vaccine. Yeah, so basically it's just, you know, a big fine that tells you that. Yeah, so it's guys, it's still the same um, same bill, HR 5546. I just uh, read the wrong paragraph there. So yeah, no vaccine manufacturer shall be liable in civil action. Bam. Yeah, that's probably why I call it a vaccine, because they call it, you know, gene therapy that's something that's still new on rise they could get sued for yeah it. and then With people vaccine they follow they fall under this law and bang they get immunity you know and they can test the experiment because you know we gave it as injection the public thinks it's a vaccine because yeah. we give vaccine through injection so hey the, wonderful right there's now, a so. few countries already um held back to astrazenka vaccine like in uh, no, uh the netherlands the netherlands and i believe germany they halted them dude so yeah, we're um. What else were we supposed to chat about here? We that's all just two topics for today, two big ones. We dived into yeah, that's all crazy, this. and that's it's kind of how it even works with like food and stuff. You know, they label, they give certain labels on it without you know being legit. Like the whole, if you look into what actually needs to be considered natural to have the natural sticker on there, you 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 probably go crazy because you see all these things labeled natural. You know. Are not no artificial flavorings, no GMOs, but they they still have it because it's just a label. It's not super regulated. It just has to have a certain amount of requirements. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just tired of how we've been treated as like citizens, and and this is citizens of all over the world who's listening to us right now. It's just we as citizens of this world have been treated like shit by governments, by these large corporations, and. You're like, a commodity, dude. Yeah, we are a commodity. And it's so sad just seeing this, you know. Mm. A few months ago, we, we kind of talked about this person not on the air about this. And it was more of a conspiracy. Whoa, this is this maybe not a vaccine. Now, when we did some digging, it's like it's in our face. It's The facts are there. We're still calling it something different. We're kind of being sort of lied to. For what? Yeah. For what? For just the sake of profit? That's basically what it is. For the sake of profit, we're doing all this shit because Pfizer makes $50 billion annually. So we got to 
You just got to keep stringing it on. We need to hit 75. We need to hit 100 million, you know, 100 I, billion. I do you think this, because we've seen a giant turnaround in our page populations, especially COVID-19. Do you think it's due to the, the the vaccine that we're seeing this drop in patients in a hospital? Nah. No way. I don't think so. Um, yeah. It's, you know? We, we've just maybe seen it, a actually, drop. I mean, maybe it is. I have to look, at, I have to look probably more deep into it because whatever it is, it can be. But I feel like, you know, as Z takes a course, the highest hitting people are always going to be in the beginning, right? Because because everyone doesn't know what's going to happen. We're not sure who, is, who it targets. And people that it targets... Are going to be the most susceptible susceptible to dying first, yeah. right? So that's probably already what we probably already passed the wave. People I that mean, pe already people that were really kind of in the grasp and in the string of things where COVID nineteen would affect them the most. A disease like COVID nineteen would affect them the most. They're already died out or in a process of you know dying out. It sounds kind of like a dick move, but hey, that's you can say with anything. If you keep eating sugar, eventually you get fucking diabetes, yeah, dude. It's a course. I'm of not nature. saying that. I'm not a bad person saying people are going to die from diabetes because you keep eating sugar. I'm just saying that's the way the disease takes a course, right? I'm not, I'm not being a dick. People are going to die left and right. Same way, you know, I, I might die for something in, in the future, you know, and someone's going to report on, on my death, you know, that's, that's how it is. But same way, same way sugar and COVID are together. You keep eating the sugar, you're going to get diabetes. You keep being unhealthy, living an unhealthy lifestyle, COVID-19 is going to, going to get you or the next disease or heart disease or something else. Someone's always gonna get you. Like we're always gonna die of something, right? The the whole point of life is is to prolong that as, as long as possible, correct? And that's just staying healthy, yeah. as healthy as we can be for as much long as possible before we get hit with these diseases that we don't know much about, like Alzheimer's, like neurological disease. Those you can't really combat yet. Some people say, hey, it's related to the bowels information, then we can help out with that. Well, that's that's the point. If you're healthy and if Alzheimer's related to the bowel, and if you have a healthy bowel, guess what? Your significant Alzheimer's is also lower, right? But then what else is lower? Diabetes too. If you have a healthy, have, have you have a healthy bowel, guess what? You're not gonna get diabetes, are you? Unless you're genetically predisposed, but that's kind of, you know, taken into a different different perspective. Yeah. So if you're if you're a healthy individual, your chances of suffering from diseases and new diseases is very low, because you don't see a disease attacking somebody for having a healthy immune system. Yep. We don't we don't see hey you you have an appropriate level of WBCs your immune your immune system is strong. But we have this new new virus. It's like affecting strong immune systems and only strong immune systems. That doesn't fucking exist. It doesn't yeah. exist. You, you know what's funny? Um, speaking of hospitals, everything you're stating right now, immune systems. So we have these patients that are like chronically getting high WBCs, all this shit, and they're still sick, even though the virus has passed in the hospital, right? Like the patient I'm taking care of. You know how we talked about soybean oil, inflammation, all that. What if that shitty ass oil that's in those like tube feeds are causing like crazy inflammatory states in these patients yeah, that are completely fasted and all they're getting is two feet around the clock i haven't looked at the ingredients in two feet in a while do they have those oils in there I should probably yes they do ingredient. and that's why it blew my mind Interesting. because it's, it's liquid so a lot of these oils are high calorie right so they need high calorie but i wonder how like fasting from food works on patients you know what i'm oh, saying yeah I mean, I feel like they need food because of what they're going through. They need f uh, nutrients to fight off What if they did like a bolus every like 12 a, What if we found to be more common to do a bolus every 12 hours? Instead of doing trickles, yeah. trickle feeding? I mean, yeah. yeah, you never know. Or like a bolus every 24. I mean, fasting right? for sure is more beneficial. So you think they'd have better recoveries on... You know, I mean, never know. We, I'm, gonna, I'm not sure if someone's doing that research because it, because I've talked to you know physicians that we work with and... And you know how patients, 
if they if you have a septic patient and stay a long time in hospital, you know they get skin or they get smaller. Yeah, yeah. Just because the whole disease process of sepsis and all that, that calorie expenditure for that is super huge, and you can never replace the amount of calories that they're, that they're losing. You can never. You right, know, if they ever if they're really sick, you can't just because their body is working th- that much on con- con- on counter fighting that disease, or it needs those calories, or it's it's not efficient enough to take in those calories. Yeah. So maybe a fast will be, will be beneficial. Maybe if he's bolus on, maybe instead of their body focusing on breaking down fifty mLs of two feet every hour, maybe it's better off just doing four hundred in one right. hour and then not have to need to worry about that for the next twelve. So they already proved these results in mice, right? Right, that there's all these benefits and stuff like that, but I'm saying but for the for, for a sick, sick people, yeah, but not for people that are not in a hospital. You know what I'm yeah, saying? so my thing is, is what? How can you even run a study like that on sick people? And if you can, is it ethical? And if it is, how can you eliminate all these damn variables that you're getting in the hospital to prove in the study that hey, fasting helps with A, B, and C, whatever you want to prove. We That's can. We do labs. Do. We do labs. At least once a fucking shift. Also, you're talking about like specific labs that shows, hey, decreasing procalcitonin. The hospital is like the fucking best experimental center ever because we could, we have access to everything, right? Yes. And we don't need to, we don't really need access to everything. We could, you know, just run a generalized study. Hey, we have 24 patients in our ICU. Let's give 12 trickle feeds and we'll give 12 boluses. They're both getting fed different amounts. If patients getting boluses at 400 miles an hour, it starts to get residuals, then we'll stop it. You know, it's it's just two feet. It's like, like two feet are like the least of our worries. We think about it. Oh yeah. Some patients don't have two feet for two or three days. You know, at least our worries because, because we know they can survive, right? So so why can't we do something, something like that? Like, it, I'm sure it has been done before. It has had Yeah, done. I think medicine's a little bit behind, bro. It is always because, is. because uh, Usually medical based journals and articles before they get published and bonds public, it's what? It's like a five to ten year delay period. It's so uh, what you're reading online about these studies, it's it's been done like five years ago. Yeah. So because you're reading a study that's been published in twenty twenty one, that study's been done in twenty fucking fifteen. So imagine how many studies are being done now that are going to change science, but we're not gonna we don't have access to them until five years from now. Yeah. So technically we're always five to ten years behind what the fuck actually should be done. Especially in the house. Like, like people are still holding tube feeds. You don't really have to hold them by laying somebody flat. But we we still do because it's it's just I, I things still, we've yeah, been doing exactly. There's there's science that came out that doesn't matter. If they're flat if they're flat or not. It doesn't matter if you pause it or not. Yeah. If they have residuals there, guess what? They have a residual if they're flat and and if they're not flat. That's that's a whole different issue, you know. And because if they have a residual, that's what causes the aspiration. Not necessarily two feet running at ten miles an hour while they're flat, you know. Yeah. Unless you pop that bitch to the lungs and you didn't look for breath sounds or or, GIs <laughs> or bowel sounds. You right? better get a damn extra because yeah. that's the gold standard. Right. Even fasting, we've been fasting for years. We've been knowing about the benefits for years. Shit's just catching up. Like I told my dentist about it back in the day. And then like a year later, he went on a special conference. He's like, Matt, they're they're talking about fasting, how it's beneficial. I'm like, yeah, doc, I'm telling you, man, shit works. Real blog was about this like three years ago, dude. Yeah, back yeah. in 2018, we had a blog post on why you should fast. Yeah. And Still it's got like, it up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people ask me like, hey, why do you why do you fast your benefits? I just, you know, give them the link. That's, like, that's, that's the way to do it. I always got to explain myself. It's always the same shade time. Just like, you know, I wrote a blog post about it. You can take, take a listen. I just tell them, you know, it helps with inflammation and... You know, autophagy and all that jazz. Honestly, we're so deep and we support fasting so much. I think like our fifth episode was intermittent fasting on a cup of news mm. if you scroll the way down. So yeah. we, we stood by it for years and we still do. Mm. Yeah, I was reading or watching YouTube video a couple of days ago. 
where if you could somehow, it seems like to me the best fasting would be 24 hours. 24 hours? 24 hours is like the ideal. You get like the most benefits of everything. And 12 is good because 12, um, you start going to ketosis as well. But if you start eating right away, if you start going ketosis in like 12 hours or 30 minutes in, you're not getting the full benefit if you're fasting Q12. That's why 6 has a little bit of a benefit. Okay. Because usually the 12-hour mark is when your body goes into, goes into ketosis. So you have that four hours of, of ketosis. Compared to if you eat, if you eat fast for 12, you might not hit ketosis because maybe your body's going to make ketosis on hour 13 or right. hour 12. And what if you had a large carby meal prior? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So 16 hours is like, is like a good good immune to stay to. And that's what we read too online. That if you could do 16, that's like the, that's like the good one because you're still getting some of the benefits of the of the 24-hour one almost. Except not not the full range compared Damn. to the because most because benefits of fasting they don't start one hour into fasting two hours it takes time for the benefits to come and they start at twelve hours usually they start at twelve hours so if you're also fast for an extra four you're getting all those extra effects of twelve hours right with it, yeah. and you're getting some of the twenty four hours because once the twelve hour mark hits you're already starting to develop those twenty four hour ones almost so you when start going out of out of right? flash, you never but if you else. just go with that twelve you're missing the, the the full reward of it because you're just starting the benefits of fasting you know. Damn. So, and, and then if you have that body, when maybe it takes you like 12 and a half to 13 hours to fully ramp it up into it, then you're not really getting any benefit. Yeah. And if, and if people want to like a metaphor of like what we mean by that, think about it like, think about it. It's like, there's a bunch of trash all over the streets. Why would you clean it up when it's all trafficy? There's a bunch of people walking around the city, right? Like it's freaking rush hour. Wait till the midnight, nighttime, where everything slows down, right? That means, AK, no calories in your body. Make it easier for yourself. Yeah, and that's when your body has that ability to start cleaning and sweeping up the streets, you know, getting rid of the cells that are maybe denatured and they're not, like, healthy or they're not, they don't have the perfect... Your body's really great at what it does. The lymphic system cleans all this shit out, but we can't do that when we're constantly being fed. Insulin is always elevated, and we're always in a fight or flight. Right, yeah. We can't combat inflammation when we're in a constant inflammation, inflammated state, you know? Like, you can't rest... Give that, give that man a Nobel Peace Prize right yeah, there. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you can't rest when your body is trying to pr produce ATP for you to, you know, produce action for to facilitate growth. That's not how it works. That's why, like, the saying is you grow in your sleep, right? Yes. Because when you're eating, running around, your body doesn't have time for growth, right? But it's growing when you sleep, when it finally has that, oof, let's refeed our muscles. That's how fasting is too, you know. It's, it, people don't understand that. It's stupid. It's fucking hard, but make it easier for yourself. If you sleep from midnight till you know eight eight a.m., then f your fast should start at like eleven o'clock, ten o'clock. That way, majority of your fast, you're sleeping and you're not focused on it. Yeah. Don't fast from nine a.m. in the morning to nine p.m. at night for twelve hours because that's the whole. That's your whole day. People people have to have, people think that by fasting it has to do it during the day when they're awake. No, you don't. It's your body. It's always running, right? Just because you're fasting, make it a fast where you could literally pull off. Like me and Matt have an ideal fasting time. We do night shift. Our fast starts at midnight and it ends at 4 p.m., right? So what are we doing from 12 p.m. till 7 a.m.? We're at work, right? So for food, it's it's not really convenient for us to eat because we're doing work, right? Yeah. A lot of night nurses snack. They find time to eat. Me and Matt, that's our easiest time. And that's the easiest time for night shift nurses too because that's the time where your body naturally isn't supposed to be eating anyways. Yes. And then guess what? The hardest part of not of fasting is going to be from midnight to 7 a.m. because then you get home at 7 a.m. And what do you do? You go to sleep. So from 7 a.m. to 3 o'clock, you're not even thinking about food because you're asleep. How convenient is that? It's perfect. And it you wake out. up, you know, and you can eat. Right? It's just, just like that. It's, it's hard to fast when you're awake. So try to gear towards so you're fasting during the time that you're sleeping. 
And if you create that routine, it's not that hard. Like 16 hours. Yeah, and it takes 30 days to build a routine. So don't think, hey, I'm going to fast one day and that's going to be fucking easy. No, it takes time. You're going to do a month of fasting. And in that month of fasting, you're probably going to fail about 15 days out out of that month. I also like fasting because I feel like if people can't control their intake of food and their pleasure... How can can they control their body and what they do yeah. outside of eating? So fasting allows me to kind of tame myself, my animal primitive instincts of eating and being hungry. And I kind of call my body my bitch. And then with fasting after that, I have the superpower of self-control where I could apply it to different aspects of my life in a way. I see it that way. Right. But it took a while to develop. develop that, oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because when you first start fasting... Most of us, before we started fasting, were used to eating whenever, one, we were hungry, or two, whenever our brain said, hey. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, so 7 (laughs) a.m. Two reasons why we eat is because, one, we're actually hungry, or two, we're in the mood to eat something, right? The majority of the time, we're in the mood to eat something because we don't need to consume this much calories that we consume on a daily basis as an average American. We don't need those much calories. We need a minimal amount. Most people need like maybe 2,000 calories, if, if that. But we, a lot of times we eat three to four. Why? Not because we're hungry, because we want to eat. We want something to eat, right? We like that feeling, dopamine rush, all that sugar. You're going to develop a different relationship with food, with fasting, because you're not going to view it as something, I want to say, like enjoy, enjoyable or as, or as entertainment almost, right? Yeah. Something to do. It's more of like, like you're viewing it more as a fuel now. It has a reason. Like that steak, I have to eat that steak, even though I'm not hungry in this eight-hour window, I have only this eight-hour window to eat, so I have to eat it. That, yep, that's right. A very and good point. Me, it has. I need something that's gonna keep me full for long periods of time, because there's a difference between me eating 100 grams of protein and 25 grams of carbs at 11 p.m. before my, my fast, versus me eating 100 grams of carbs and 25 grams of protein. What's gonna hold me over longer? The Definitely protein. 100 grams of protein, right? So some people are opposite. Some people are, do better with like 50-50. That's geared towards you, but you're going to slowly learn, learn what you eat prior to your fast is going to hold you over the longest. Yeah. Because there's been times where I didn't eat enough, where I slacked on my diet at 11 o'clock, and then by 2 o'clock, I'm like, damn, I'm fucking starving, dude. Right. And there's also been days where 7 a.m. hits, and I'm not hungry. Or I wake up, and I'm not really even, even that hungry, but I'll eat something because I know I have to, right? Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's like last night we ate a super carby meal, and I woke up today, and I was damn starving. I was starving, so I and had, I had to, eat. to eat something. Yeah. It matters what you eat. Right. And everyone's different, so you're going to slowly learn about that, and to be cool, because you're going to have this different relationship with food. You're going to have more appreciation for it. It's not just something that's always there, just so you can snack on, just because it tastes good. You're going to actually have a relationship with food that, hey, I'm going to take this choice over that one because I know this settles better in my stomach. I know that this is going to keep me full longer. And even though that cupcake looks good, I know I'm not going to have two of them. I'm going to have one because I know I also have some, have to have some steak because I need to fast for the next 16 hours. Yes. Yeah. We'll wrap this one up. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you enjoyed Cup of News episode 40. We went ham. We talked about the coronavirus stimulus bill that came out. We also talked about the COVID-19 gene therapy, not vaccine, ladies and gentlemen. Let's differentiate that. Let's educate the public of why there's a difference and why they should. Or you call it a gene editing vaccine. Yeah, that's simple fine. as just that. Throw that gene editing in there. Just make sure you throw that in there because calling it just a vaccine is misinforming the public. And a little spiel at the end, spiel at the end about intermittent fasting. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you guys. Like, comment, subscribe. If you ever like this, ever find any value, share it with your family, your friends, your loved ones. See you next week. Take care, folks. Don't forget about the Patreon. That loud. Woo!